0: the big myth about the ethics of buying properties at discounts. And the reason I didn't say wholesaling specifically is because at the end of the day, whether you're wholesaling it or flipping it or keeping it or doing an owner financing note, you got to be able to get a property well below market value from a seller, at least in our world, Michael, that knows what they're doing, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. Uh, so we're going to talk about, you know, really some myths we've heard out there in in the streets. Michael and I, you know, we 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 tune into lots of stuff. There's lots of information everywhere in the world, and and you know, we sometimes we hear some stuff that we we disagree with. Uh, so we're gonna kind of talk about what has been said out there, just in the in the in the universe, and then we'll talk about how how do we really see that. And and, and at the end of the day, uh, the reason we're doing this specific episode is because I, I feel like a lot of people. If they hear the wrong information, I don't know where it comes from. They might have these beliefs that they build, and then they won't do the business. They won't be successful. Well, it, they hear that's it.
1: actually the case, right? We know that the case, right? That is the case. Like If you were, if you were listening, and, and, and we get people all the time, like people who are new to the business, and they'll say something like, well, I heard wholesaling is illegal, or I heard that it's not good. So we know that there is bad information out there, and we are going to try and dispel some of that because... We've been doing it long enough to know what the truth is. Yes. So, uh, so are we, we going to talk about uh, something that we heard recently specifically?
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about a few things. So I we heard some stuff out on the internet, right? Just, just random stuff. You have to kind of piece it together sometimes, right? And the first thing that was said that was very, very completely bogus was that wholesaling as a business model doesn't work. The numbers don't work. It costs too much to get a customer, your profit margins, like, like all, basically someone was saying the economics of a wholesaling business don't work. And I can tell you, and then, then they said that,
1: uh, well, they it, say it did, it did work, but now it doesn't work anymore. That's that was like just the market
0: margin. doesn't have like, like, it's like some sort of like stupid, like anyway, so let's get into that. Like, I'll let okay. you start Michael. Cause this is like, okay. So we, we
1: heard it was a podcast and, um, yeah it was a, a recognized guy in the industry right and his he was making two points one is that wholesaling as a business is dead today and two that um that it is that it's fraud that was really his second yeah, his second yeah. right so 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 a couple of things and we don't want to say who it is because we you know but, but it just doesn't
0: matter yet. right.
1: But what we got from it, and we both agreed on it, and I I, when when you, when you sent it to me, I, I immediately put down on in texting what I thought. Uh, what yeah. I got from it was that this this was a guy who had a, a successful business for years. It did what a lot of people do, what you and I on some level hope to do, which is to hire somebody else to run it and work a few hours a week in it while we do other things. And not shockingly, his, his cost to buy properties went up significantly and he was less profitable over time. Now, whether that was because he needed to tweak his business model and he didn't, whether that was because he may have had the wrong people running it and he didn't, we, we have no idea. I, haven't, I, don't, I can't even venture to guess. But yeah. when someone tells me that I have a business that's sort of running on autopilot and I'm making tons of money from it for years and then suddenly it's, and then over time it makes less money, my thought is, that's, that happens all the time, right? That happens even if, if you're running it, it can happen. And certainly if you're not running it, you're, you're, you're paying people salaries and, and bonuses, it could happen. But, but it's easy to see in, in the environment that we're in where competition and the market and all these things are going to affect your business over time. So his statement that like it doesn't work anymore, I thought was ridiculous, right? The fact that it didn't, and he was limited to one small market, right? And I, and I and that market was doing great for, I don't know, let's see, Ever. six, eight years, ten years, as long as people have been wholesaling. And that makes perfect sense, and we know guys doing it. But the idea to say that it doesn't work anywhere because he's been having issues and it's more difficult, to me, seems absurd. That was number one. And number two was he was called in by the Federal Trade Commission uh, to sit in a room with a bunch of FTC lawyers who were telling him, he was I think he was asked to uh, to be an expert witness in a case against uh, people who are basically selling education and uh, let's say not delivering. Right. And that happens all the time. Right. people, And that's what the Federal Trade Commission gets involved with. Right. Somebody who who advertises that we're going to provide X and then you don't and you don't uh, and you don't provide X. Right. You, you tell people you're going to make a million dollars in two years and then ninety nine percent of the people don't make a dollar. So he was called in and these, these lawyers, in, in essence, convinced him over the course of a day or two that the whole concept of wholesaling, the way it's done in most of the country, but it doesn't even apply in New York. We'll talk about that more. The whole concept of wholesaling where you are saying, where you are implying that you're going to be the buyer when you have no intention of actually being the buyer um, is fraud, not, not straight up fraud. He said it was like commercial fraud. And and therefore, um, you, we have to change the way we do business, and we have to be hundred percent upfront and honest with everybody, which which I'm I'm fine with. And we have to basically tell people there's no like there's no way in hell I'm buying the property. Um, and he said that in his area also it was impossible to do innovations because they had changed some of the laws. Fine. Um, so and then he says being a broker. That, well, oh, then they oh, said you should you should all, you should just be so that one thing before he gets the the, the realtor and then he said you you should um oh what was that i forgot he said contract uh, bullshit yeah that you should only use option contracts and and, oh no no, i'm sorry then he said that the seller doesn't care so the seller doesn't care if you're going to close or not Seller's not going to complain sellers are happy with the current business model it's just that the way it's being presented to them is not honest enough to, to, to meet some kind of test that he had. So to me, that seems a little crazy because if the sellers are happy with the, with the, with what we're providing for them, I, I don't see why it's going to be a problem. But then he said that today in his market, that there's no reason to wholesale because the same pricing, you're going to get the same pricing when when you list something as when you sell it to an investor. So those were things that to me sounded nuts, a lot of them, right? Because you can't tell me that we're committing fraud, If we're then helping people who don't really care about what what we're doing with it. And then to tell me that the pricing is now, maybe in his market, it is the same. I am shocked. I'd be shocked.
0: I I can't see that being accurate. I can't
1: imagine that, that, that the average person there who is either listing or selling to an investor. So we, we each had a lot of, a lot of issues with it, um, because it didn't really, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, I, on the, on the, on the idea of being more transparent, I, I, I understand what he's saying and i wish i could be super transparent every time i just think that a lot of what he said doesn't apply in new york and we can talk about why it doesn't really apply in new york because um it's very different in new york um but th- those are my thoughts on 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 that on that podcast yeah
0: so i i my my thoughts are very similar i mean the 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 biggest thing i didn't understand was like he was saying a lot of stuff that was like it it sounds good in theory but like there was no like real evidence to back it up like Oh my sure. business model like is not great. It, like the, the, it's so competitive. it's like well, he wouldn't give any examples on like what exactly happened. He just was very vague about yeah, it yeah, he wouldn't give any
1: well he, he, the only thing he said is that he um, he said that he said basically he wasn't making a lot he wasn't making a lot of money on on, yeah. on the, well, what what do he say is sixteen thousand dollar average wholesale fee and when he did the deal he was making 1600 sixteen hundred or something
0: sixteen percent. He was making no. He was making six percent, I think. He says six percent, like net margin or something like that.
1: Yeah, twenty thousand dollars on wholesale. He was making sixteen hundred or fifteen hundred thousand, or sixteen thousand on a gross on a wholesale fee, and he was making a thousand dollars. Listen, if you, we we all have, we all have situations where our profitability goes down, but it can be due to a million different factors, right? Maybe we have, maybe we're too heavy on on our on our staffing. Maybe we're spending too much on marketing. Maybe you know the idea that the business doesn't work because your profitability went down. Is not the right answer, right? And, and oh, and also he said, which I thought was absurd, that nobody really makes a lot of money wholesaling. That everybody making wholesaling is making a hundred to two hundred grand. And and it, he'd be shocked if there was anybody that was really netting seven figures. Which is, I don't believe either. I believe there are ten private.
0: guys on my two hands that can net seven figures. Right.
1: These guys, are, these guys are doing much more than you know. They're doing multiple, multiple, uh, seven figure gross and they're, and they're netting, you know, it depends how you set up your business. We can all set up our business. That's too heavy, but that, but the, so it really was a combination of those things that made him sell the business. Right. Um, but then he he never
0: said who he sold it to and what he sold it for and what he sold it was too vague. Right. He
1: wouldn't get into numbers either, which was a little weird because because right. Why not? Yeah. Why
0: not? Exactly. It's like you know, it was
1: general things. generalities. He wouldn't say it, and I, whatever. Maybe the maybe he's legally obligated not to. Maybe we want to give him the want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. the idea that that your business suddenly gets less profitable, and th- but I think a lot of it had to go with these stupid lawyers who convinced him that everything we, that everything he was doing was 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 going to get him sent to prison or 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 fined. Um. So the combination of those two things convinced him that was you know that was his reality, right? And, and the truth is, if you or I. If our business suddenly went significantly less profitable, right, which already would give us a sour taste in our stomach, and then suddenly uh, some, you know, the district attorney showed up in our in our in our uh, office and said to us, you know, I think getting complaints against you, and you may you may be in trouble here. We might think about selling the business too. So that was that was his reality, right? So that was what's what caused him to make those assumptions. But 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 its truth is, I don't think a lot of what he said was true. It might be very specific to this market. It might be very specific to this business. And I think the i'm not i'm not afraid of, a, of an ftc lawyer in fact the ftc lawyer was not coming after somebody who was holding. they were coming after who was selling education products and not delivering and that guy had to pay a huge fine and we still don't know who it is he wouldn't say who it is and he said that it was a settlement so we're never going to know who it is somebody somebody that we he said it was somebody that we all heard of which may or may not be true and he said that that guy was given a humongous fine and basically disappeared okay but that was because he was selling education in a way that he shouldn't have right and I get, you know what, I, it's so funny because I, I, uh, I got a comment on one of my YouTube videos. So I what is your YouTube video yesterday I'm, I'm brutally honest. I'm like, listen, this is a, if you're getting starting this business, you got to think in terms of 12 to 18 months to get a deal. It takes a long time in New York. Everything takes longer. It's not easy. So some guy wrote this long, long comment, like, with all due respect, like the way you the way you sell it, why the hell should I even get into the business? So I responded to him, like, you, you know, I'd, be, I'd probably get a lot more money if I bullshit you and told you this was something you were going to make money in three months. I said, if that's what you want, there's plenty of gurus out there for it. I said, but this is not easy. And and, and I and I tell people how not easy it is. So but that's was what builds like, your
0: credibility, dude. Like that's yeah, why people I tell like people,
1: you. Uh, Andre, I, I, it's not easy. It wasn't easy for me, right? I told people all the time for four years, I, 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 I bought at an auction and I didn't do any seller marketing. Six years ago, I started doing. Uh, six, seven years. I started doing direct-to-seller marketing. It took me eight months, eight, nine months to get a deal. And I had, I, had money. For, I had money from the other deals. I was spending a ton on marketing. And it took me eight or nine months to close. So I said, now I have students that close in quicker, but you have to think in long term. Now, I'm sure the guys who are selling, the, the guy who he refers to who got in trouble was not telling people it's going to take them 12 to 18 months to close the deal. He was probably telling them you're going to get money in, in three months and this is a great deal. So he, he that was his reality. I don't want to Fault him for it because I think if you and I went through the same combination of events at the same time, maybe we'd be on a on a podcast saying how terrible the world is and everything. But the truth is, it's it's just one small perspective, and there's a lot of other perspectives that I think you need to look at. And that clearly, that guy is not part of a mastermind. Where he because if what's one of the beauties of the masterminds that we, we are a part of is that when things start looking bad, you know, we show up somewhere or we get on on, on Facebook with people other people doing it, and we go. Hey, what what are your thoughts on that? And these are people who can help you and and make you feel better and make you understand that it's not all it, what you're seeing in your little part of of this country and even a little part of the world is not indicative of everything that's going on. So that that's that's I think that's what happened to him. But but you and I both got a bad taste in our mouth. from yeah.
0: It just it just made me seem like like if someone heard that and they didn't uh, they have any experience like you and I obviously are, are you know are very experienced, so we can kind of like take that and like disagree with it. But if you're brand new and you just you want to learn how to make money, and you hear a show like that, and you go, "Oh shit! Like this is this crazy. Wholesale, bad. Wholesale, bad. Whole Whole bad. It's criminal." So let, let's. I want to get into the criminal thing. So this, this is this is where like he did make a couple valid points that I do kind of agree with.
1: Well, he he didn't say criminal for it. He said commercial for it. So I guess there's a difference. Words, you, you weren't going. He didn't say that guy was going to jail. That guy was going to get fined basically for for.
0: Misrepresenting himself,
1: misrepresentation, right? Which, which is what the FTC thing. He was, he didn't say someone is going to show up and put you in handcuffs no, for stealing the no, 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 no. house from someone. In fact, he said that the seller doesn't care. He said that you're repre- you're not representing yourself correctly. That's what he said.
0: So, what he's basically trying to say is that if someone has no intention on closing and they're only trying to assign the contract, it's it's commercial fraud, which is like basically a bait and switch. However, let's. I'm going to tie this into New York, all right? So let's, because it's the New York radio show. In New York, you can't do that. Because number one, you have to put a deposit down. That's usually sizable. Right. And number two, if the contract isn't assignable, well, you're not going to have to worry about that because you can't even assign your contract. So I think in other states where you can slip a contract under the rug or under the table and the seller can sign it, I think it's a little bit easier to probably have a claim be filed on you for that. But in New York, because the seller has an attorney and you have an attorney, it would almost be impossible to have a claim like that because the seller's represented, and there'd be awesome. ne- there'd never it would never happen. Exactly. Because it's 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 and, and
1: also the fact remains that in, in almost every time I'm going to contract, if I cannot assign the contract, have I have to, to close. It. Yeah. So and that's happened to you and me, All dozens, about hundreds of times. Yeah. So if you open a wholesaling business in the middle of nowhere, America, and You openly say, I'm never going to close. I almost understand the idea that That you are misrepresenting. But that does not happen in New York. In New York, you always know that you could better be able to close or else you're in trouble.
0: Well, you're not going to have a business if you're just going to try to wholesale everything because there's going to be deals that you can make money on that you have to close on that if you tried to wholesale, you wouldn't have made any money. Like I closed on a house years ago with a bad tenant and that thing's got a 100 grand of equity in it. If I was a wholesaler only, I wouldn't have that property right so it's
1: I like a, i did i did a dozen of those during the pandemics so yeah yeah you're
0: the expert <laughs> just getting them clear now that's so, so yeah nice. so
1: it's a lot of what he said didn't apply in new york but i think that you're 100 right that if someone if that was the if, certainly if that was the first anyone had heard of the business for, for the rest of their lives they probably will tell everyone that asked them oh wholesaling is fraud is 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 fraud and it doesn't work anymore and it's it's so easy to think that, right? So if you listen to that guy, you you would think that. So we we both want we wanted to set the here's record a, straight. Here's
0: another nugget I got from the the podcast that I was did, disagreed with, and it had to do with the economics of marketing. Because like he was basically making a claim that like there's no motivated sellers in an economy now. Like he kind of tried to sound like righteous, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like it made no sense. I was kind of just like, like smirking. Anyway, basically he was saying like a wholesaling is only good in a bad market because the seller, it's like, that's such a, that belief would fuck up people more than the fraud. He said
1: it only hundred percent. He said it only works in a seller's market. It doesn't work in a balanced market. First of all, I don't know how long that market stay in balance. Probably not that long. What's that face? (laughs) What
0: the fuck face? Right. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it.
1: And that is clear. And think about what it's, it's coming from a guy who has only wholesaled. In a seller's market because it's been a seller's market. It's it's been a Five seller's years. market for, for more for really well, I mean a hyper, a hyper
0: seller's market.
1: Yeah. So 2009 has been it's been yeah. it's been going. The market's been going up for 13, 14 years. Yeah. So yeah. it's easy to say that because I guarantee this guy wasn't doing it beforehand. But you and I both know people who have been doing this through every crappy market. We know we know dozens of guys who did it through 2007, 2008, 2009 when it was the That's opposite great. of what we're talking about. And some of these guys, some, listen, some guys took risk and went and went bankrupt, but they're still in business. Some guys were super successful the whole time. So you and I know that this can be done in any market, right? It may get, there may be di, additional, uh, different challenges if it gets into a uh, heavy buyer's market, which I don't think we're in yet, but it may be in certain parts of the country. Challenges where you're gonna have to buy even at a deeper discount, uh, challenges that are going to come up when you're trying to sell the property. Those challenges could come up, but there is no set it and forget it business. You know what I mean? Things change. And we, and I know that we both can be super successful in any, in any market. And, and I get from all the time, people thinking about starting and asking me, is this a good time to start? It, I heard, well, it's I heard.
0: time to plant a tree.
1: Right. Y- yesterday, if they didn't do it 200 years ago. So I heard. I heard this is a bad market. I heard it's a good market. I heard there's no. I heard there's nothing. There's no. There's nothing to buy. I heard you can't sell. You heard all that crap. It's all crap. I remember. I remember so well. 2007, 2008. I was in the middle of that New York, where it was really, in the whole country though, the world was falling apart real estate wise. Right. We had a crazy run up due to absurd mortgage loans. And I was in the mortgage business. So I can tell you, you didn't say no to anybody. You didn't need credit. You didn't need a job. You didn't need assets. You didn't need anything, and you didn't have to put any money down. And then it all fell apart. And people would say, Nobody's buying. That, that never was the case. There's never nobody buying, right? There's always somebody buying for a price. And those we're in we're in a in a real estate market, and we have we have to be so thankful that we're in a, such a an efficient market where there's always somebody buying if the price is right. Always, right? It may, maybe there'll be a, a month of panic where nobody's buying. I remember 9/11 like everybody went crazy but because nobody was going COVID. on for a, for a month. COVID the first month or first five months in New York. But like there's always somebody buying for the for the right price. Where it, it's real estate today is a commodity, right? It wasn't like that. 20 years ago, right? What, what was 20 years ago? 2000. 25 years ago. 25 years ago, there was no internet. If you had a house for sale and nobody saw your sign in front of it, and nobody saw your classified ad in the paper, it could sit there for 100 years. Well, 20 years anyway. But um today, through the internet, there is always somebody looking for for a property if the price is correct. So his idea that somehow the ba- the market is balanced, and also his idea that that being a realtor, a retail realtor, is this easy schmeezy. In a balanced job.
0: market, makes no sense.
1: That he's, you think it's easy to get a get a real estate deal to get a deal as a realtor? I don't think it's easy. Look, look how many more people you're competing with to get a to get a to get a deal to, to list than you are with 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 investors. There's, there's a hundred thousand times more people who want who want to get that listing. So. We both we both had serious issues with a lot of things he said.
0: Yeah, because and it's not that, and it's not that it was a bad guy. It was just like it, the no. stuff that if you if you're very advanced and sophisticated like Michael and I are, shameless plug, you you, you can listen to something like that and you just know that it's not that all accurate. Because we have the we have those like we have those uh, we have the experience to back up the falsehood, right? But if you're brand new, the reason we're doing this pod is because people probably listening to this are new, and I don't want you to think that. Just because you hear something, you don't, don't like, the, so it's, in summary is this, wholesaling is very lucrative in any market. If you know what you're doing and you have the skills to get it done, it's not fraud, especially in New York, because you have to literally have money to buy the properties and close. Oh, and the market to get the properties. One more thing before I continue the summary, he said something that I could not believe with my own two ears. He said that his cost per acquisition at one time was $400 per acquisition. And I said, if I had that, if I had my druthers and I could get a $400 cost per acquisition, I'd probably be doing this from the back of my yacht right now. Because my course. cost per acquisition is is about $7,000. Right? Mine's
1: eight, mine's $8,000 $8, to get a deal. Right, and and, we're never, much and I don't think it ever was that low in your market or my market, no, right? No. But yes. $400, but has...
0: what? what, what Dude, and he I said four hundred dollars in two hours on marketing.
1: And he said it went from four hundred to four thousand, which at first seems like wow, 4, it's a 10x, amazing. Tell me 10x, how to
0: get
1: that. Ten x increase, but he said then he's making sixteen thousand dollars per deal. So you're spending four thousand to get sixteen thousand. Sounds great to me. The math and, is and, pretty good. Yeah, and then he said, well, he's only making a thousand dollars per deal. So I, so then you got a problem. Then you got a
0: you got, you got an problem, bro. You exactly, got you, got a, an a operation, problem. you got an
1: operational problem. You're too, yeah. You got too many people working there. You're paying too much for mar- whatever was going I'm on. selling
0: it for too cheap. I mean, I could sit there and fucking talk about that all day. So so the point we were trying to say is like, you, you fucking marketing, if you're $400 cost per deal, like keep doing that, first of all. I doubt that. <laughs> anyway, I doubt it. it's crazy. But the wholesaling is not fraudulent if, you, if you're in New York, first of all. If you're not in New York and you're listening to this, Yes. Can you be more upfront with the seller if you do not plan to close? Of course, I think that is the right thing to do. However, you should really get yourself in a situation where you can align with somebody or find a private lender or a hard money lender where you can close on the house if you have to. So the truth is, it's going to force you to actually know what a deal is, right? A lot of wholesalers, they don't want to do the work of figuring out what something's worth. They figure they quote unquote, lock it up and see what happens, right? So if you actually like put the effort in to know what a deal is and you can actually like demonstrate to someone how this is a deal and demonstrate to yourself that it's a deal, you're probably not going to want to back out because if you can make $50,000 flipping a property, like why would you cancel a contract? So a lot of it is because people are lazy and they don't want to actually do the work to actually figure out what something's worth. So I think that wasn't mentioned on that podcast, right? Like that was kind of went under the rug. Like anyway, but we just don't want to, have people out there hear information that could prevent them from having a very successful career in real estate. Right. That's one, le-
1: two, le- two lessons I took from it. One is if you hear negatives, don't think that that's the only uh, 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 only opinion. And second of all, if you're having a bad couple of months, don't go on a podcast and talk about how bad things are.
0: <laughs> no, because you're going to have two guys just coming back at it doing a ripping you a new one (laughs) one. yeah right (laughs) that's funny well i hope everyone got value today if you did please leave us a review subscribe share the show with your friends on social media and we'll see you on the next episode